Good morning. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Seven minutes after the hour. Coming up in uh, just a few, uh, we are going to chat with the Secretary of State, Jay Ashcroft. Uh, we'll talk about the St. Louis Children's Hospital, Washington U, the whistleblower, uh, transgender message for young girls. Uh, also, uh, he wants to talk about protecting uh, girls in, uh, in sports uh, and uh, foreign land ownership. I'm really curious about that uh, and, and really torn uh, about letting uh, foreign countries buy real estate in sensitive areas here. Uh, what else do we have? The uh, China spy balloon and its significance to uh, Missouri uh, uh, security. So that's all coming up uh, in a little while. Uh, in the meantime, what we do here for a living, what Brian and I do, um, well, we really need to be careful about words that we use. And <laughs> sometimes, what, you're laughing, what, what? No, go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, it's just that, you know, we might say he... Uh, or that's a male, or this is a female, and things like that. Uh -huh. We need to be uh, conscience, uh, conscious of uh, <laughs> of the rules of grammar as they change, Brian. That is true. In yeah. today's world, you just don't know who will be offended by what word that you use. Yeah, some people think male and female. For instance, if I were to say, uh, your wife, it, what is she? Uh, you might say female, uh, but you'd be wrong. Oh? You'd be wrong, yes. According to the Ecology and Evolutionary Biology Language Project, um, she should be labeled egg donor. <laughs> uh, parents should be labeled as parent, egg donor, and sperm donor. So okay. you are no longer male, you are just sperm donor. I, I, I want us to keep apprised of all this because we don't want to offend anybody. So in the future, if I'm having a conversation with someone and they say, where's Denise? And I, I should say, oh, the egg donor has gone to the store? Yes. Okay. Or, or you might even ask, what, the egg donor? <laughs> and these morons, these these flipping morons take themselves seriously. I mean, they think they are cutting edge. Oh, <laughs> egg donor and sperm donor instead of male and female. What a bunch of morons. I can't keep up. I just can't. <laughs> I mean, somebody sat down and said, well, we got we to gotta do a rethink on this whole thing. <laughs> and this was their answer. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It just strikes me as so stupid. Oh, Lord. Uh, I, I And I've got a relative who buys into all this. I, I won't embarrass her, but um, it embarrasses me. Uh, it, it's just so ridiculous. But anyway, uh, we will chat with the Secretary of State about uh, protecting women and the whole transgender thing and what's going on at St. Louis University. Anyway, we'll get to all that. Uh, in the meantime, we told you about the Maryland schools yesterday where nobody can add, subtract, multiply, and divide. Well, there is a piece of the Daily Caller about Chicago, my kind of town. In 55 Chicago public schools, not one student met grade-level expectations in either math or reading in the 2021-2022 school year. 
Uh, out of 649 Chicago public schools, 22 have zero students who met grade-level expectations for reading. Uh, no student proficient in math in 33 schools during the 2021-2022 school year. Uh, data analyzed is from the Illinois State Board of Education annual report, which details how schools within the state are performing. I don't know how much money they spend per student, but I imagine in Illinois it's quite a bit. Uh, within the state of Illinois, 30 schools did not have any students read at grade level during that, uh, that school year. Approximately 53 schools have zero students proficient in math. 930 schools within the state, just one out of 10 students uh, were able to meet math grade level expectations. In 622 Illinois schools, one out of ten students or fewer are reading proficiently. Now, if you can master reading and math, the world is your oyster. If you can just nail down those two, there is nothing that is beyond you to accomplish. Because you can read American history, uh, you can balance your checkbook, uh, you can, you know, learn further. But first, you got to be able to read and do basic math. Um, and initially, as you all, as you will all recall, uh, we used to say reading, writing, and arithmetic. And apparently, in these government schools, they're not doing any of that. They'll teach kids about anal sex. They'll tell them how to wear a condom. They'll, they'll go into uh, Black Lives Matter, 1619, transgender, all that stuff. But you know, they better really memorize it while they're in class because they won't be able to read it and research it later. Because they don't know how to read. Do you honestly, if you were spending... It, if you if you got rid of the government involvement in in education, you could probably educate your kids for probably a thousand dollars a year. You can't do that on your own. Sorry. Uh, well, why not? Well, because you're, you're too stupid. stupid. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's that. You could probably get your kid educated for a grand a year. It, there are all kinds of resources that, and and you you can do that now, even if you if you have the uh, the wherewithal and the time. But if you were spending that kind of money, and your kids couldn't read or write, if you spent all that money, and your kids couldn't perform math, what do you suppose you would do? I can tell you what I would do. Knowing Brian, I know what he would do. He'd pull the kids out of that school, demand their money back, and go find a better place to educate their kids. That's how the free market works. But you can't do that when the government's running it. How on earth do you put these kids in junior high school? I mean, that's what, 7th, 8th, ninth grade? And they can't read or perform math? Parents ought to sue. If you've got a kid uh, that is, uh, you know, has normal IQ, goes to school, isn't learning anything, you ought to be able to sue the school district. 
because they have a contract with you. You pay us this money, and we'll educate your children. And the attitude of some of these uh, school uh, unions, we don't teach them what the parents want them to learn. We teach them what we think society needs them to learn. No, 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 no. Parents get to make those choices, not you. Oh, man, that is a lot of wasted money. I'm just wondering what would happen in the real world if you, if you as a parent found out that your kids were being taught in science class, for example, that just, beco- just because you're born with uh, one type of sex organ doesn't necessarily mean that you are what you have. And you objected to that and said, okay, that's it. I'm taking my kid out of school. And in the transition period of educating your kid to a, on a private level, somebody reports you to a truancy officer. A truancy officer. Do they still have those? You know, I, I imagine they do, but I, I... I mean, and then this thing escalates to the point the police get involved, or, you know, and the Child Protective Services all of a sudden come knocking at your door. This could get ugly. Well, but, I, I think mean, they pa- want- parents are being subjected to... It's not even education anymore. It's fantasy. It's indoctrination. Uh, they want you to think that uh, that they have the upper hand, and financially they do. And that's why they're so arrogant. They know that you have to send them somewhere, and here in Missouri we're charging you, you know, six, $700 a year just for a car that you own, even if it doesn't drive, plus your real estate tax and all the other taxes. Where are you going to go, huh? I got your money. Where are you going to go now? That's their attitude. Uh, But if they didn't have your money, if they had to work for your money, I guarantee you things would be different. Let the dollar follow the scholar. You know, and we had uh, Jay Ashcroft on the program a couple of weeks ago, and he's in favor of that. Imagine how that would work. You got a kid... Uh, and the public schools spend thousands of dollars uh, every uh, uh, every semester or every year uh, to educate them. And the state says, if you don't like that government school, send them wherever you want. We'll give them the check. You don't think they would change the way they work? You don't think that would make them whistle a different tune? I do. May not be perfect, and I still don't like it, but it's a lot better than what we've got now. They've, they've got to fight for your dollar, just like the free market does. Uh, i got time for one call here. I think I'll take Jim. Welcome. How are you? Hey, great. Yeah, I, I believe the money needs to follow the student as well. But it, we should at least get some legislation saying if you don't pass third grade reading, you don't advance to fourth grade. Or, you know, whatever. They need to come up with some type of legislation so the schools can't just push these kids along without doing their job. <clears throat> well, I don't, I don't think under those circumstances, if you're going to give the, the, the parent the right to send the kid to the school of his choice, that uh, we would have much of a problem. Right. Yeah. Uh, and we've got to do something because this is not working. Yeah, you can't 
terrible. You can't stop these teachers from doing things behind your back. We've seen these reports from all over the country where they don't give a rodent's rectum what you tell them not to do. They know that you're not in the room with the kids. Right. All right. Jim, got to run. Got to pay the rent here. But we're going to come back and chat with you. Roy says he sent his egg donor to the store to get a dozen more. Uh, Roy, tell her to get <laughs> steak in, instead. I'll explain that next on The Gary Nolan Show. Economic freedom by state. Where do we stand? I will tell you that's coming up. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, 935. Uh, we'll talk to him. Uh, Brian is such a pervert. He sent me a story uh, that concerns him. I'll give you the details. Uh, in the meantime, on this whole uh, public school thing, Anthony asks, are these numbers from only public schools? Chicago has a lot of private schools because of the terrible public system. Yeah, well, in that case, uh, we expect to see much better numbers. Uh, in fact, I know that homeschoolers didn't suffer at all. Uh, their education continued, uh, and it was uh, probably better than uh, private schools anyway. Jim says, education, it isn't that simple. In Chicago, as in many other big cities, the children have little or no home life or adult supervision or even enough food or safe place to sleep. Well, geez, uh, Jim, we spend trillions of dollars... Uh, providing all those things, the government says they are doing that. How come it's not working? I mean, we have the welfare state, the great society. We've got uh, everything uh, that, that uh, you should need to provide the atmosphere you say is missing. How much more money can we throw at it? Not to mention pervasive drugs and pregnancy. Well, gee, I thought all that sex education was supposed to teach them how not to get pregnant. Uh, anyway, uh, this uh, these kids are uneducatable because they have neither incentive to learn nor the mental capacity or capability to do so. You are absolutely wrong. You are out of your mind if you don't think these kids have the mental capability to excel in education. There is no difference, none whatsoever, that can explain this. The gray matter in their head is no different than the gray matter in your head. The problem here is the government has failed us at every one of the levels that we just talked about. Every single one. They've driven fathers out of the home. Uh, they've persisted with this stupid drug war. They've decided that they're the arbiter of what an education is. The government has caused this problem. In addition, you write very few adults have the time from jobs to do homeschooling, then you have to make some sacrifices. I'm sorry, but you have to make some sacrifices. And frankly, I believe that if you take $2,000 from every household to cover government education, you ought to send homeschoolers that $2,000 instead of the government schools. So you've got two projects that the state of Missouri should probably do. One of them is the dollar follows the scholar. The other one is that if, if the kid is homeschooled, verifiably homeschooled, then they shouldn't have to pay any personal property tax or real estate tax money that's dedicated to education. 
That would change things. The government school system was and is a vital necessity for society. No, it's not, Jim. First, understand the origins of it. It was based on the Ku Klux Klan demand to get rid of Catholic schools. Because Catholic schools were educating children at between zero and next to zero money. And the Ku Klux Klan didn't like Catholics. It isn't necessary. It isn't vital. He goes on to say, but it can stand vast improvement by removing Democrats and unions from the equation. It's true about both, but you can't eliminate Democrats just because of their political affiliation. Get rid of the government schools and the welfare state. Those are the things causing the problems. Uh, let's see. Lindsay says, for your information, I have a friend whose daughter and son-in-law both teach in a ritzy uh, St. Charles County School District. It's one of those places that constantly pat themselves on the back for the great quality of their uh, indoctrination. I mean education, she writes. She told me that holding back students to repeat grade is not allowed. No surprise. One of the biggest scams ever. Uh, Philip Gary, according to a report from the Show Me Institute, Columbia Public Schools collects over $18,400 per student per year in tax revenue. The uh, Columbia Public School GPA average, 1.5 out of 4. Pretty poor return on investment, if you ask me. Jefferson City Schools aren't much better. They just collect $4,000 less per student. Philip. I'm telling you, the government is the problem. Uh, and then uh, this, I might save this for later. Brian sent this to me as a joke. It's a story out of USA Today. Uh, men's health. Apparently, uh, the male appendage has grown by 24% in recent decades. Um, and it, it, it was a, a good yuck. We had a little laugh about it. But there is something interesting in here about the direction of the country and another observation that's made in the column, and I don't even think Brian... Uh, no, I think I missed that. Yeah, uh, but I, I think there's a correlation be, because there is research out there dealing with sperm count and testosterone levels. And it may explain something about our leftist friends. I want to cast dispersions, but we'll get to that. Anyway, um, and then uh, John Stossel. Always love a little John Stossel. Bureaucrats are banning betting, and for no good reason. So we'll cover that. Coming up next, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft is going to be on board. Uh, we'll talk about what's going on in uh, St. Louis. Uh, we've got a whole host of things that we that we are going to, uh, to cover. Uh, the China spy balloon and its significance to national and Missouri security. Uh, North Korea's ICBM threat. I'm not sure what the state of Missouri has to do with that, but I am curious. All that and more coming up in the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This 
This is the Gary Nolan Show. 935, glad to have you with us. Uh, coming up, uh, we're going to have uh, a little, uh, a little, well, betting information. Uh, this is uh, something that I always find fascinating because the government says you can't. Uh, but John Stossel makes some valid points about it, especially when it comes to betting on po- politics and, and races that are coming up. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we kick off this segment of the program with Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft. Mr. Secretary, welcome to the program. How are you this morning? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. I'm actually at Americans for Tax Relief meeting in Washington, D.C. Great to be surrounded by people that believe the government should quit taking your money. <laughs> uh, is that with Grover Norquist? Yes. Okay. Grover's a friend of a great guy. Uh, listen, um, St. Louis uh, Children's Hospital and, and this whistleblower on transgender, what, what's going on there now? It's atrocious. We see that people have thrown caution and concerns for children and safety out the door for money. Um, we see people that are essentially experimenting on kids who have mental issues and are using that to pad their pocketbooks. It's terrible. And we need to step in there. It's one thing for an adult to say, I want to do certain things to my body. I want to chemically castrate myself. You know, that's their decision. But we shouldn't be allowing someone to make that decision for five, six, seven, eight-year-old children. Man, that is just, it is just such an ugly trend. And you know, it's, it's like mass hysteria. Uh, it's, they talk about it, they, they promote it, uh, and then the kids are young and they're, frankly, their brains haven't finished developing and they go, oh, that's me. And the next thing you know it, they buy into it. Uh, if left alone... And it's not it get- successful. Huh? It's not successful. No. They say they do this because those kids want to commit suicide, but they go through these processes and the kids still want to commit suicide. If we truly love kids that are going through, quote, gender dysphoria, that are thinking about being trans, we should help them learn to live a life as they are in a way that they can be happy and successful instead of telling them to live on medicines and medical help for the rest of their life until they decide to kill themselves. That's terrible. It really is. And when they perform the surgery, it's irreversible. They will never get that back. Um, I want to move on a a little bit uh, and cover a couple of other things that are sort of related to this. What is this American Girl Doll Company? You know, it is... uh it's 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 mind-boggling to me what's happening and how you know we used to have American Girls. It was a, a program, a, a company that just provided you know dolls and gifts and really extorted extolled the the virtues of being a female. And now they are getting into the same sort of transgender and men can be women and women can be men and I don't know women. Yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. It, it certainly is. They have, I would argue, every right to make whatever they want to make and sell whatever they want to sell. Uh, but I think common sense, the side of common sense, needs to be loud uh, and uh, needs to be heard over and over again about this, the ignorance of all of this. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, this uh, brick-and-mortar funding uh, for education. Uh, brick-and-mortar funding for education, is that right? Or for libraries? <laughs> For libraries, for for many years, uh, we've been providing funding for libraries and saying you can only use this essentially for catalog development, be that for uh, books, be it for periodicals, be it for digital assets. And 
Decades ago, libraries were able to use that for brick and mortar. And we're running into libraries that say, we have enough books, we have the materials, but we have a leak in our roof. Uh, we have a window that's letting water come in and destroy our books. And we just said, if we're going to be providing this money to these local public libraries, let's make sure that the local area, the local library, their board, the, the patrons there can say, how best do we use this money to serve the people of this library district or this region? Instead of just the government saying, here's money and here's how you have to spend it, let's let the people that are closest to the problem say, this is how we can best spend it. I'm not even sure why we have public libraries today. It's not like it was 100 years ago. Anybody who has a smartphone, a laptop, a, an iPad can get more information at their fingertips from the comfort of their own home. Uh, you can get everything from diurnals to uh, books, great books. Uh, times have changed. You know, if some at one time... Uh, libraries, when you didn't have these alternatives, were funded by very wealthy people who shared their wealth. That's what wealthy people do. They, uh, they donate. Um, but the government funding, I think it ought to dry up myself. I know you'll disagree with that, but I just thought I would throw that out there. You know, if, if this was the only thing government was spending its money on, we could have an interesting discussion on it. You, you make some valid points. <laughs> Um, but when you look at a, a state budget that's going to be around, I don't know, $52, $53 billion, and we're talking about a handful of millions, fewer than 10, I think that there are much bigger things we should be worried about and that we can have a much larger impact with. And I believe that libraries do a lot to create. I think the purpose of government is to create opportunity for people to be the best that they can be to create that that framework that allows people to have choices and make a difference. And I, I think libraries are like that. I think libraries are as much a part of public education or, or education publicly in the writ large sense because people can go there for decades to teach new skills. We have job, job training facilities at libraries. We have libraries that are used as incubators. They're, they're far more than just dusty books, although I like dusty books <laughs> well i do too but i think the private marketplace can provide that as well and i think uh, at much less cost but uh there are other topics that we need to talk about including this china balloon every time i watch fox news uh they show a picture of jen bukowski's uh, house where she was watching this balloon uh coming over columbia um what is the uh, what is the impact of that what is your concern uh, over the way the government's handling that I think there's the bad side is I think we've shown China that we're entirely feckless. We have shown we have just reinforced to China that we do not have leadership. We do not have leadership that's willing to take the hard decisions and take actions that need to be done, regardless of the consequences in the press or with other countries. Secondly, though, I do think there's a minor good point here in that I think it has raised the public consciousness of the fact that China is not our friend, that we do have countries that, that want to do us harm, and that we, the people, need to get involved and force our government to act in the way it should because it won't do it naturally. I, I am concerned. Um, I think they're poking us. It's like somebody taking their index finger and poking you in the chest and looking to see where they can get through. Uh, and I wish that the administration would come out and tell us what they know. Uh, I wish that... Uh, 
we could get uh, some details on some of the things they're shooting down because I think the country is entitled to know and we're not so uh, so stupid that we can't handle whatever they have to tell us. I would just say be careful what you wish for. Maybe we may not realize how ignorant our country is of what's going on. If they tell us everything they know, it may be a very short conversation. <laughs> the, the silence would be unbearable. Um, <laughs> Oh, Lord. Uh, the Ohio train derailment. Um, you had a question. You, you're wondering, you're saying, who's in charge? Uh, well, we know it's uh, Pete Buttigieg. Uh, he's got everything under control. Well, he did such a great job with the supply, train tr supply chain troubles and with what we saw happening in the ports in California. Clearly, no one is in charge. No one is taking responsibility. And no one is being proactive. It's one thing to have people that react. I guess that's better than nothing if people react well. But this is where there's a lack of leadership, where there's a lack of vision to say, what does our country need to do to be what it can be to avoid these problems, as opposed to the person who just says, well, we'll react as best we can when problems happen. Yeah, uh, he is not. And, and, you know, it's interesting because he is one of the candidates they think uh, could challenge Biden somewhere down the road. I think uh, he is pretty much sealing his own political fate uh, with the way he's handled the problems that we've had so far. Uh, I, I think it makes him unelectable. Mr. Secretary, he went on I, parental leave for a year. <laughs> parental <laughs> leave for a year. He has been. A, a wall, at least. I know that you got a lot of stuff going on, and uh, I, w I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day uh, to be with us this morning and look forward to chatting with you later. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. All right. Uh, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft on the Gary Nolan Show. I know that some people get upset when I say get rid of public libraries. But I really think there are better alternatives in the private marketplace. There was a time when it was necessary. People couldn't afford to buy all the books that they wanted to. to, to they could go to the library. They could get these books. But now you can get them on your computer. You can get them on your, uh, your iPad or your laptop or your, even your phone. Um, <clears throat> why are we funding libraries? You know, and uh, you go to any coffee shop and they got free Wi-Fi. Bring your device in. Uh, they would love to have people come in and give talks at, at those places. Because while they're doing that, they're not only getting brand loyalty, but they're, uh, the, the people who are there are going to buy more coffee, more pastries, and all that other stuff. I don't think it's necessary. I mean, who today doesn't have access to that stuff. Phones and, and, and internet and all that. Damn few people. And I can't see spending millions upon millions of dollars for damn few people. They'll, they'll find a way to, you know, to get access to those things that they want. You may disagree, but I, I am firmly convinced that it is a bad idea to continue to use tax dollars to fund libraries and, and meeting places, uh, I, think, I think it's a waste. Uh, that said, when there is a political race and you want to bet on the outcome of that race, for some reason, the government doesn't want you to. Little John Stossel for you coming up on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. Coming up in just a few minutes, John Stossel. We've got an economist coming on the program at 10.05. Uh, we've got all kinds of topics that we've got to get to. We've got to move fast. 
but uh, I, I threw out the idea that we should not have government-funded libraries, uh, that they are less useful now than they ever have been, uh, because we have all these electronic alternatives. And uh, Bruce is on the line. Hey, Bruce, how are you this morning? Well, I'm just fine, right in the middle of the uh, wonderful task of working on my 2022 taxes. Ah, that sounds like so much fun. It is. Uh, but you're talking about the library, and I know you're a great proponent of the property tax. Uh, you do know who show you're talking. You, you <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is Gary Nolan, huh? Uh, well, do you do you know where that goes, that property tax? Well, most of it goes to uh, education. Uh, well, it does. It does. And it's dispersed but to various other boondoggles. Of, of that property tax, do you think more should go to the uh, common road uh, fund or to the public library? Well, probably neither, but I'll say the road. Uh, if, if I'm stuck well, with one or the other, I would say the road. Uh, the rate for the uh, road is a nickel out of every dollar or out of every whatever. Five, I guess it's 5%. No, it's it's a nickel. Guess how much goes to the library? Over uh, 30, 30 cents. 30 cents. 30 yes. cents of every dollar they collect goes to the library and a nickel goes to improving the roads? Well, it's not. It's, it's, the, it's the rate. The rate for the common road is .05, and the rate for the Columbia Library is .30. <laughs> When's and the last so time I'm you were in there? <laughs> well, uh, it's been at least 20 years. But on <laughs> personal property tax here for my, my two cars, uh, I paid $4.23 to the common road for these cars that I do. But for the library, from uh, from the tax I pay on my cars, I paid twenty five dollars and fifty six cents. Wow, that's. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you're paying, uh, let's see, six times more for the library than for the roads. <laughs> yeah, and what do you use more, the library or the? Did you? Did he hang up? He's gone. He hung up on me. Uh, Tricia, good morning. How are you? I am well. On the library, yes, indeed, more is proportioned to the library than the road. And when I questioned them last summer about these name tags showing preferential uh, pronouns, we, the taxpayers, paid for people to put their pronouns on their shirts um, so they would all have uniform name tags. And through the month of June, all this gay pride rainbow paraphernalia was displayed for a whole month. However, on June 14th, Flag Day, on July 4th, our national holiday, and on Veterans Day, not one single decoration to commemorate those days because, according to the head honcho at the library, those single-day holidays are not important enough. Really? They're not yes. important enough? 
they are not important enough. They like to just do things for one month, but they can put up gay pride. But they And they wanted to be all-inclusive. And I said, so what about all the veterans that walk through this door? You just slap them in the face. Yeah. Uh, see, it just, it's just a waste of taxpayer dollars. These are it's things the private marketplace could accomplish. And wouldn't and, and you don't have to be irate because it's not your money. And I said, well, all this and the books that they have out, um, they had one display of all the books that were, quote, controversial. Uh, they have books there that tell kids how to uh, go around in their parents so that they can uh, cross dress or be transgender. And um, <clears throat> so I said, well, that kind of stuff should not be right out front where children have to go past it to get to, especially the gay pride stuff, to go past it to get to the children's area. I said, why not move that upstairs on the second floor? Yeah, so, and what did they say? Nada. Nada. Well, that's kind of scary. Uh, and it, the, only reason, the only reason I go there is to get my money's worth out of the bastards. Well, you could survive without it then, can't you? Yes, and I think it, it, it's a it's a place to, for for them to further indoctrinate our children. But I was sorely disappointed and told them so that they spent taxpayer money to buy uniform name tags so people could put on their chest their preferred pronouns, proving that they either have multiple personality disorder or could not pass fourth grade grammar. <laughs> All right. Trisha, I got to run. Thank you for the call and uh, the cogent comments. Gr glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. By the way, you got to see what they're doing in Washington State. They proposed a bill up there that effectively encourages kids, minors, underage kids, to run away from home so they can get gender-affirming care. These Democrats are way, way off their, they're half off their bubble. Um well, let's see. Glenn, how can we get Roy Orbison's song Pretty Woman removed from your playlist? Back in 83, when I was stationed in Elmendorf Air Force Base, one night, the guys were heading out, asked if I wanted to go with them. Uh, being new there, I jumped at the opportunity to make friends and see the area. We pulled into a bar. It's a long story. What is the end of it? I have to relive that moment every time the song comes along. Well, you're going to have to put up with it, Glenn, because I play that song as a tribute to my wife. Uh, I've been doing it for 15 years. <clears throat> she is my pretty woman. And uh, so that's why that song gets played every hour. That's Gwen Baby. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show.